tired of tracking your calories and points? Are you sick of feeling crappy in your body or in your clothes? Are you drowning in constant food and body thoughts? Do you feel like you're always negotiating exercise and food with yourself? If any of these sound familiar, you aren't alone. And the Diet Riders membership is the perfect place for you to learn how to drop dieting, pick back up your life, reclaim your thoughts and your health. Join now by clicking the link in the description box below to get support and guidance along other women in this community. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. And I'm Brooke Miller, and we're both dietitians. Both mamas. Both from the Midwest. Both live in Denver. And that's about it. Both it's podcasters. cold here. Today. I'm freezing. I'm, I'm so glad freezing. you said that. It stopped snowing, but now it's just cold for cold's sake. And we talked about this. I don't appreciate cold. it. If it's going to be cold, it better be snowing. My fingers are cold. My toes are cold. It's not great. It's not a great situation right now, but it's fine. It's fine. No, and, it, and We will survive. And, and, it's sunny. Okay, so here, so listen, I live 40 minutes apart. It's sunny here, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to go take the dog for a walk. And then I get outside, and I'm like, oh, it's so cold. Tricked you. Dang it, it Denver, you. for being so yeah. sunny. No, it's like, it, yeah, 40 minutes apart and could not be more different. Actually, I dropped my kids off at uh, their in-home daycare today. Literally, it's three blocks away, okay? And it was like flurrying by me, but definitely not collecting. Mm -hmm. By daycare, it was like a full-on blizzard. I took a video of it and showed my husband. I was like, it is snowing like crazy there. And then it came here. <laughs> and now it's just cold. So anyways, how's the weather by you guys? <laughs> probably by the time that this recording actually goes live, it's probably going to be beautiful in Denver and like snow yeah. season's going to be over. Maybe. It's we'll true. see. Denver, Maybe. If for those of you who don't know, Denver is like crazy weather like it can literally be sunny and hot and you're sweating one day and the next day it's snowing and mm -hmm. then back and forth back and forth back and forth forever so just it's FYI it doesn't a mean that we're here. recording this months ahead of time it's hard having a wardrobe you're right <laughs> um you guys we're excited about today's episode it's a little like low-key a little a little just like hanging fun. out with you guys and fun yeah kind of fun mm -hmm. we're sharing what we're calling confessions of a dietitian <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the title that's going to stick, but we like it because we, we're kind of like, oh, it can encompass anything. Like, we're just yeah. going to confess things to you guys. <laughs> Excited about it. Do you have one to start with or should I go first? You you start first because you said you had a funny story and now I'm like, really I have a funny story. Interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for those of you who don't know, to become a dietitian, you have to not only finish for your education or your undergrad, and then you go into an internship and you, it's basically a year long. The internships vary, but most of them are about a year long. Mm -hmm. And then you have to pass boards and you can't pass the boards until you do the internship. Mm -hmm. And the internship has a 50% place rate. Okay. I think it was yeah. actually 48%, mm -hmm. which means that only 48% of people who apply get a placement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let that sink in. You spend four years so on dumb. an education and then only half of you actually are able to ever sit for boards. It is so dumb. Now you can do second round, whatever. I'm not trying to scare away the RDGBs, but it is yeah, a very overwhelming. It's ridiculous. 
So it's so stressful, very competitive, all the things, blah, blah, blah. So I get placed at my internship and I'm not going to mention where it is. <laughs> although if you dig into my files, you'll know. Or if you DM It wasn't my favorite time. <laughs> yeah, if you DM me. It wasn't my favorite time in the world, okay? Like it was stressful. We were in a new town. I had n- didn't know anybody mm-hmm. and it was just me and two other interns. One of the interns didn't even make it through. That's how stressful our internship was. She literally got like fired. I don't know what the right word is, like Mm -hmm. kicked out basically like a month before we graduated. It was intense. It was rough. I didn't appreciate it. I literally thought maybe I shouldn't be a dietitian because I literally thought I could not never have in common anything with dietitians if they're like these dietitians that I was around Mm -hmm. until I met Brooke. No, I'm just joking. But Mm -hmm. uh, several of the dietitians I met at the job where I did meet Brooke, I was like, okay, these are my people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it was so stressful, you guys that literally we were running around. We had so many patients to see and no one ever complained. And literally we had, this is legit a story where a dietitian got hired at the same place that I was an intern. And within two weeks, she was in tears. This is a dietitian who worked for the military. Okay. She worked for the military. She was a dietitian for the military. She came to work for us at our hospital. She was in tears and literally was crying to like our whatever, organizer, uh, director, and being like, do these women ever pee? Do they take breaks? They don't eat? What's going on? Like, she ended up quitting. She couldn't hack it, you guys, and she literally came from the that military. That would be me. Okay? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I if don't you don't get feed time me, to eat. You know, let me pee. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it was intense, to say the least. And literally, so me and the other interns would sneak food in our lab <laughs> in coats, our white, in our lab coats and our white coats, and we would take breaks to go pee and then we'd eat in the bathroom because we were so hungry and as interns of course you're the first one there last one to leave so there were several nights that I remember being there at like 6 30 in the morning all the way to like 10 p.m at night like long freaking days and like no time to go eat I mean we did get lunch technically because we were interns like legally but like it just did it never matched up we were so freaking hungry that we would eat in the bathroom taking food out of our lab coats and like scarfing it down and hoping that it didn't take too long and then go back to rounds or whatever it was so funny and I just remember thinking like I'm a freaking dietitian telling people to eat these foods and I can't even like have time to eat so I'm like scarfing down a power bar in the bathroom it was so gross in a in a hospital bathroom like just think about how gross that is. That is where I would snack. <laughs> oh, see, we at least... So that's my first confession. Well, so in my dietetic internship, we worked in a closet. So they didn't actually believe that dietitians should get an office. Oh, so Stephanie uh-huh. and I, we worked in a, a janitor's closet. We had a desk in Oh there. my gosh. And yeah. um, there was no windows, no light. And like, uh-huh. it was just like this dark room with like one little light above us. Um, and so we would bring... Luckily, they let us bring our snacks into the janitor's closet. So, oh, that's nice. So, but we again <laughs> ate through through working and typing up notes. So at least we got fed. But oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, I feel like some of I remember. Yeah. Okay. I remember one time taking my calculator out in a in a patient's room to do some math or whatever, and a bar fell out of my pocket. Ah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Oops. that's nothing. It's fine. It's just I just need sustenance." Sorry. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. That how true is that though? That like dietitians in general. A lot of our offices were always like either a like in the cafeteria or in the kitchen next to the kitchen in the basement, like totally low priority for where we actually worked. So nine times out of 10, I would even probably say 10 times out of 10 during my internship or clinical work, I was located by the kitchen 
which is like the basement and far away from patients, like far away from charting stations, like everything. It's just really far. And our work, we would go into patients' rooms. Like we would go talk to them and we would like go do things. And they'd always think you're from food service and you'd have to explain the difference. And it was like, oh my gosh, can this be less? Like they don't know what we do. Like it was just so clear that administration doesn't know what dietitians do. And they're just like, dietitian, food, dietitian, food. Mm -hmm. And you're like, nope. And there were certain places that we did work closely with the kitchen, but not most of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was days where I spent eight hours um, putting food on tray tables and delivering them. And I was like, oh, okay, I wild. get understanding how the hospitals work, but I'm also like, right. this doesn't really, I don't really understand how this is giving me hours to know how to help a patient. Like it didn't totally, it didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, it would just span so far. Like, oh, I'm mixing green beans and also I have to calculate TPN. Yeah. Like, it makes like sense. IV nutrition. Yeah. It's just such a wide range, but we're talented. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think some of my craziest like stories of disordered eating was definitely in my internship. Like I remember using my fitness pal in my internship and only allowing myself a certain amount of snacks and a certain amount of calories. And then I would log it in my little janitor's closet. And then I would <laughs> like eat while I was doing it. And then we only took the stairs. Like we had a four story mm-hmm, hospital. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I only took the stairs. I refused to take the elevator because then it wasn't movement throughout the day. Like mm-hmm. I definitely had a a heading towards a path of like a lot of disordered eating. And I felt like every day after my internship, if I didn't work out and do insanity and all these intense workouts, then I like, wasn't a good intern. Like I I really tied Mm -hmm. that into my job. And I thought that in order to be a dietitian, I had to look a certain way. And I, I Mm. felt like I didn't look as small as the other dietitians. So I put so much pressure on myself. Totally can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, I put so much pressure on myself to try to look like the others and I just didn't. And it wasn't genetically Mm -hmm. in my, uh, in my path, but yeah, there was a lot of funny things. I think just let's talk about some silly things that we like recommended maybe to patients that we maybe regret like yeah and here here's mine where it's like this is just across the board I'm pretty sure this is still standard practice like it's just so funny to me when I would get out of the clinical world when I started working you know at, at an outpatient center and now for ourselves like to look back and think that I was making any sort of a difference going into someone who just had heart surgery 12 hours ago, maybe, and tell them how to count sodium. What? Okay. So for those of you not in the dietitian space, like uh, someone who is recovering from heart surgery has heart issues in general. There's recommendations around how much sodium they should be eating per day. And part of a dietitian's job in a hospital is to educate, right? We always Mm -hmm. had education days or whatever where they were either classes. But a lot of times we were going into patients' rooms and spending time going over handouts with them and giving them recipes and teaching them how to count carbs or count sodium or all this stuff. 12 hours after you're out of heart surgery... Tell me anyone was paying attention. Tell me they weren't on so much pain medication. They don't even know what I looked like or that I was in their room. Like the audacity, the outrageousness that I, A, thought I was making a difference. No, I was not. They forgot Mm -hmm. everything I said after I left. They were begging for me to leave so they could go back to sleep. Yeah, of course. And I'm pretty sure this is still standard practice. And it's hard because I know that there's like legalities, like there are certain things insurance companies want you to educate on so that they don't end up being readmitted. And if they are readmitted for, you know, sodium overload or whatever, you're not at fault because you educated them. And I 
get that. It's so much red tape, but you are literally doing nothing. And there are hospitals certainly that have good outpatient programs because that's the setting you teach people things in, right? Not 12 hours after heart surgery. I could not imagine. Like, I feel like two hours after, like 12 hours after, like, getting my wisdom teeth out I was like no way heart surgery are you kidding me you're gonna tell me that you're taking away my salt shaker and I can't eat my you know favorite salad dressing anymore or whatever it is not the time not the time not the place and just funny that I thought I was like educating the world you know (laughs) yeah nope I think they don't care yeah I think so many fall in line with that as well like people who just had surgery or even people who were like so out of it like drugged up yeah, just like totally which I get man <laughs> like if you're all drugged up in the hospital <laughs> you don't want to have a discussion it's just not good timing for the patient it's not going to give them the outcomes now sometimes the family was there and I feel like that was okay because yeah. then the family could yeah. take notes and ask questions and that was wonderful but um yeah I feel like so many of the recommendations and a lot of the hard stuff that I was recommending in my internship now these were all things I had to recommend because this was the right. hospital protocol yeah. but it was like mm-hmm. eat low fat eat low fat and I was like like in my mind, I'm like starting to learn more about keto and like all this stuff. And I'm like fat, but wait, that's not bad. So <laughs> yeah. I'm confused because everything I learned in college was, you know, fat's a vital macronutrient. And then the keto diet was like just starting to come out. I mean, this was 10 years ago, but keto, like I remember nurses coming up to me and saying, what do you think of keto? Should I do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like, I was just learning about keto. I was just learning about all of these things. And I'm like, wait, why am I recommending like a low fat diet? And then I started researching and I'm like, but wait, every time, like when the low fat diet came in, in the seventies, our waistlines got bigger. And then the obesity epidemic, quote unquote, like apparently rose when the low fat diet came in. So then I was like, none of this makes sense, but I had zero Mm -hmm. choice. Like I had to promote what like the worksheets were. So I felt really misaligned with like, telling a patient again, who just had heart surgery, like you can't eat fat anymore. Like Mm -hmm. hmm, Mm -hmm. just because it's like, not, I don't know. It just, it felt very off for me. Now there of course are some medical reasons. Like if you get your gallbladder removed, you probably shouldn't eat a high fat diet right after that. Like, yeah, we're like, we are specifically drawing a line right here between wellness and like our health and for the average person without any medical um, like history or anything like that, right? Versus someone that needs, there is a time and a place for medical nutrition therapy, which is what Brooke and I are trained in as well. And so someone with a medical condition that requires certain nutrition advice to be followed, that's what we're talking about here. There are times and place mm-hmm. for education, but I just remember thinking like, I was helping so much. And then of course they'd be readmitted and I'm like, why? I did such a good job teaching them how to eat only two grams of sodium a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they just got out of surgery or even like the, the caregivers. I agree with you. It's like better to teach them, especially if they're going to be caretaking after surgery or whatever. But mm-hmm. also they're like overwhelmed. Their loved one just had a heart attack or whatever is going on. And it's just such a stressful environment. And Mm -hmm. it's not the time that we learn. How many of us can learn under those kind of circumstances? I would say zero. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's actually funny um, because one of my next confessions of a dietitian was all the diet talk with nurses. So many nurses, you guys, would come up to us in the halls 
and ask us questions about the newest diet, the newest fad, or report to me. Like so many of them be like, I lost 12 pounds, or I did this, and I did that, and this worked, and that didn't. Why isn't this working? And so many. And it's just like, I think it is nurses' lifestyle, and it's who we are around. And they mm-hmm. were like always the most friendly and like personable people on the floor that had time to chat. Well, not a ton of time, but <laughs> time Sometimes, to chat yeah. and just chatty. Yeah. And um, and it was just so funny being a dietitian because health, okay. Let me be very clear. Nurses are really freaking good at what they do, but they're not dietitians, right? And so they would give, just like I should not administer an IV, <laughs> they no, they you, would no, talk about things that I'm, no, I should not. <laughs> um, they would talk about things that I'm just like, oh, you're, you're really close, but you, you don't quite got it, you know, or they would try to educate my patient or start on something. And I'm like, yeah, I just, uh, nope, not really not really that so much. And mm-hmm. so, but then it was really funny. They would ask me all my recommendations. And I remember this woman asked me one time about the keto diet. It's funny mm-hmm. you said that. And I remember being like, yeah, I don't, don't think that's going to be your best option. And I said, if I had to choose a diet, which I don't want to, and I don't think diets are good. Even back then I knew that like fad diets were not great. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess I would go with like the paleo diet. Like that was the one I was most like interested in and felt like made sense to me. And like, so I remember turning her from keto to paleo and now I'm like, mm, yeah, probably not, not a great choice. So if you're out there listening, I'm sorry. You're on yeah. the sixth floor. I you remember know. me. <laughs> I know. I remember, I remember a doctor once like asked me, he was like, oh, you're a dietetic intern. How many grams of protein is in this and this and this? And he would like quiz me on the spot and expect me to yes, know everything. Uh-huh. And I was like, um, this is, is this on my exam? Because Cause I think that they are going to ask me the grams of protein in every single food. And I don't know, I'm not like a walking, like, I think people just assumed we were like a walking, um, like we just knew every, every calorie and every food. And I'm like, I don't know this offhand. I'm sorry, but yeah, I agree. I definitely went through a, a paleo phase. And the hard thing is as dietitians, a lot of us got into this field because we wanted to make ourselves healthier. And sometimes mm-hmm. that led mm-hmm. down a path of disordered eating. And so a lot of times we felt this really weird pull of if we were doing something, let's say I did paleo and I did paleo, let's say I felt amazing on paleo. Then I would be tempted to tell all my patients to do paleo, which is not not a good, you know, thing, but <laughs> not a good thing as a situation. Right. And I would just kind of find myself trying to like, for instance, I worked at Wick. Um, I had this postpartum mom and she was like losing a ton of weight. And she's like, I'm eating keto. I'm losing all this weight. I feel amazing. I just remember encouraging her. Like all I remember saying was good job. You're doing such a good job being healthy. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Keep eating low carb. You're going to rock. Cringe, cringe, cringe. Yeah. Keep moving. Like I just remember doing that. And then I remember you know, months later intuitive eating kept coming back for me. And I was like, is this low carb thing really the real deal long-term? Like, can people really do this long-term? And then I, I sought it out for myself. I tried it. And then I realized (laughs) this is not something, this is not sustainable. And once I realized that it was like, okay, I should not be promoting this. I should not. And again, this wasn't something that they told us at WIC, like we should be promoting. But I just remember this mom coming in saying, I'm being so successful. Look at me. And she wanted somebody to cheer her on. And she wanted that, um, you know, she wanted a cheerleader. And that's what I thought I was doing. But it turns out I was just like kind of helping her down this road of, of this, diet that wouldn't be sustainable for her, you know? So I feel bad now. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, why was I doing that? (laughs) 
And that's like, that's the thing is like, we can talk about this stuff probably all day and Mm -hmm. have stories that are endless that make us want to cringe. But like we learn and when you learn to do better, you do better, right? Like when you have that opportunity, and I talk about this a lot with like, parenting over on my like mom and me rd picky eating page of like hey it's not we're all doing our best but our best capabilities change throughout the days and throughout seasons of life and where our kids are at and where our mental state is at so we do the best that we can but once we do know better we can do better in small bites and I think I used to put this on myself of like making these huge swaths of changes like oh I should be doing 180 degrees different than what I'm doing right now and it's like Mm -hmm. it's slowly turning towards what actually works and what feels good and it's so much experience and the internship as as wonderful as it was and how much I learned, truly I learned so much, but it wasn't hands-on because like Brooke and I have kind of alluded to is you are under red tape. You are told Mm -hmm. what you can and cannot say. You are told how you need to educate. You need to mark certain things off in their chart. Mm -hmm. And it's really an unfortunate part of our healthcare system because it doesn't look at people as individuals and it doesn't, we don't have the time in those settings to really get to know someone and understand, you know, what's driving them or whatever. So I think another confession of mine Mm -hmm. is that idea that thinking everyone fits in a box, Mm -hmm. you know, like if your weight is this, if your BMI is that, if you have this condition, if you are this gender, if you are, you know, in this age range, you fit into X, Y, or Z boxes. And here's what my recs are going to be. And that is just like true of life, right? Like I think we all start off doing that and then we all realize how individual life really is and how different Mm -hmm. people really are. And hopefully you're catching on to that listening to our podcast that like you are the keeper of your own life. You are the knower of your own body and you get to make those choices for you. But I used to just like box people up, give them the recommendation and send them on their way. (laughs) Okay, you're good Mm -hmm. to go. Goodbye. I checked, checked, checked it and uh, we're good to go. It's like, nope, (laughs) not really how things work. It actually doesn't work this way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing was I just, I didn't realize at the time how individualized people were. And I think yeah. that's one thing. It's probably the but biggest But I'm an takeaway. individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's you the, guys aren't, but I am. I think that was the biggest takeaway was, you know, in college we were taught all of these things. Like you should eat X amount of fruits and vegetables. You should move X amount of time per week. And so what we as dietitians would do would say, oh, you're okay. You're one of our patients. You need to move X amount this many days a week. And we would tell all of our patients that same thing. But what we, mm-hmm. what I failed to realize was we all have different jobs. We all have different schedules. Some of us are stay at home moms. Some of us are working moms. We can't just expect that every single individual is going to be able to make every single nutrition goal, every single water goal, every single movement goal, the same. And that is something that I've just really picked up on with one-to-one coaching is like, you know, I have clients that love walking. I have clients that hate walking. I have clients that love doing this. I have clients that hate doing this. I can't just come in and tell all of my single, all of my clients, Hey, this is your workout plan. This is just a blanket workout plan. I created for everybody. Everybody do it. It's not going to work. You're not going to see, see success. And that's where the, mm-hmm. the blanket meal plans don't work too. Alyssa and I thought like, Oh, well, if we just recommend this specific diet or meal plan to every patient, they'll be healthy and they'll be successful. Duh. And it's like, yep. no, 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 no. Once we dig deeper, it's like, you can't do that because every patient like has their own barriers and we all have different food preferences and food allergies. And it's not fair to a patient to just give them a blanket meal plan. It's not fair to a patient to give them a blanket exercise program and just assume that they can figure it out without individualizing it at all. Now I'm not saying 
that in a group or a membership program, you can't still have these conversations and you can't, there are some blanket recommendations you can make, but at the end of the day, you need to be working with a dietitian who's going to help you uncover your barriers and somebody who's going to ask you the hard questions. Like these are why the journal prompts in our membership are so helpful is we're asking like, Hey, what, what are your barriers? Write them out. What do you mm-hmm. need to do today to start being successful at this X, Y, Z? So it's like, even though we're in a group and we're going through this together, you're still focusing on your individual goals and you're still setting your individual goals. So I think that's the one thing with clinical is just, we got pulled into so much of, we'll just tell a patient eat X, Y, Z and walk out and hope that they get results. And it's like, that's not like information is great, but information does not change your life. Right. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power. Sure. But like only if you can really identify your why and pull Mm -hmm. a string of like, where am I going to go with this information and why am I going to go that way? Um, okay. Let's wrap it up here. I think this is going to be fun. Um, haven't cleared this with Brooke yet. Uh, let's talk about foods because one of my confessions was going to be like, oh, I was actively recommending not to eat certain foods and then go home and eat them, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So let's, let's finish this off because you guys all know we don't recommend calling foods good or bad, healthy and unhealthy, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. We all have these foods and these ideas of what a dietitian eats. Like all of a sudden people are like, oh, you're a dietitian. You must only eat these foods. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about foods that we do eat that might surprise people that are usually considered bad. And let's talk about maybe even foods that are usually considered good or like a dietitian should stop shooting yourself, Mm -hmm. but you hear me Mm -hmm. should like, but don't. Do you have some of those? Cause I sure do. Oh, I have a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, I'll kick us off. Um, I'm sure if you've been around the podcast at all, you know, Brooke and I both love Cheetos. Oh God. Cheetos for sure, I think are a food that probably a lot of people don't expect a dietitian to eat, but we sure as heck do. Um, When I go to a restaurant and order a salad, I ordered that chicken and that fish fried. All right. I like a good fried fish taco. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them grilled are good, but they have to be really good fish Mm -hmm. and usually they're not. So fried it is. Same thing with like chicken, like at a Mm Chick-fil-A. I remember getting a Chick-fil-A salad and bringing it back to my internship and be like oh shoot they fried the chicken Ugh. okay I guess I'll eat it liar liar pants on fire mm-hmm. I ordered it fried and I like that fried chicken and I ain't gonna apologize about it anymore um I'm trying to think of other foods that like really stick out in my brain can you think of any well I think I just think of college we've had this conversation on a different podcast yeah. but um spray butter like I thought that I had to do spray butter because it was low in fat and low in calories <laughs> And I definitely fell for a lot of zero calorie foods, like Mm. zero calorie foods and zero calorie drinks. And like, oh, well, I can have five Diet Cokes a day because it's zero calories Mm -hmm. rather than being like, no, how does my body feel if I have five Diet Cokes a day? Probably not good. Mm. Okay, maybe I should up my water intake. So I I don't like diet, period. Yeah. So (laughs) So I think I just got very caught up in like, well, diet pop is is um, it's zero calories. So I should drink as much as I want. And um, I got very caught up in like low calorie and zero calorie foods uh, as being healthy. And now what I've learned is, Mm. of course, there's no good or bad. But it's really important that, you know, if you want popcorn with butter, use real butter if you like it. Now we have a, cl- we have a member who loves spray butter, so I'm not knocking yep. her, but you know, don't just do spray butter cause it's low calorie. Like you are better off yes. doing like the whole food, the real food. Um, same thing with, like you said, I, I think I fell so much into like low sugar options too. And sometimes low sugar options still taste good. And those would be decisions I would still make because of the flavor. But sometimes, 
you know, like if you're choosing between like a low sugar drink or a high sugar drink and the low sugar drink, isn't going to satisfy you. And it's not going to make you, um, like, it's not going to satisfy that sweet tooth. And you're going to want more and more and more You're probably better off just having the higher sugar drink and enjoying it and stopping when you're satisfied and then moving on with your day. Yeah. So what are specific foods for you that you eat that you wouldn't, that people wouldn't expect a dietitian to enjoy? I mean, I eat Cheetos a lot. Um, Cheetos. ice cream's always in. I just had ice a cupcake. Um, I was going to say that for you. Yeah. Ice cream and Cheetos are probably the go-tos, but I mean, my friends know me well enough now that when I had, I had a birthday party a few years ago, Alyssa was there and mm-hmm. literally you guys, there was like <laughs> 20 people here. <laughs> Everyone showed up with giant bags of Cheetos. It was like yes, this running the whole joke. The kitchen like, was full of Cheetos. Okay, well, there's it's eight awesome. bags of Cheetos. So I think we're good. <laughs> like, I think we're good. So that's, that is like a food that everyone that knows me knows, like, Brooke loves Cheetos. And I will say, yeah. since I've been a dietitian, my friends know, like, I'm not judgy with foods because yeah. I love all foods and I'll be yep. the first one at a restaurant to order pizza when everybody else is ordering a salad. Like now I'm just like, Oh, you guys like salad. Cool. I'm going to get pizza now. Burgers. Yeah. For burgers. me, burgers. Oh, I love burgers. Yeah. So I think, you know, our friends know us and we're comfortable enough now in our journeys that we're okay with ordering mm-hmm. whatever we want. We're not ordering what we think we should eat because we're a dietitian but there's definitely been a lot of pressure in the past of me ordering what I thought the other dietetic interns were eating or what the other dietitians were eating, or I would order what was healthy because I'm in a group of new people and they found out I'm a Mm -hmm. dietitian and I want to set a good example. Definitely have that in my history, but now that's like definitely long gone. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, I just thought of a hilarious confession Mm -hmm. of a dietitian that I need to share, even though we've moved past this point. I don't care. And Kylie, if you're listening, (laughs) Kylie's my best friend. Um, I thought you meant Kylie Jenner. (laughs) Kylie Jenner, if you're listening. No, 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 no. Kylie, if you're listening, I once... was so focused. This is where it, uh, it reminded me that you said a good example. I took my little cousins who are like 10 years younger than me to Six Flags and I brought my friend Kylie with me. So the four of us went. So I have two cousins and then my good friend Kylie. We all went and I packed us all lunches and we were eating lunch in the car because we're not going to bring food in there because they don't let you and it's too dang expensive to eat in so there. Expensive. So I would go out to the car and eat. Anyways, and we're eating and I had packed carrots. <laughs> I had packed baby carrots for all of us knowing that Kylie doesn't eat carrots okay raw baby carrots with like no ranch no nothing just like baby carrots and I forced her to eat those and I was like you're gonna set a good example for my cousins you're gonna show them that we eat our vegetables so that they Mm -hmm. eat their vegetables and they're gonna eat it gosh darn it and literally made her eat Mm -hmm. (laughs) the carrots I'm sorry Kylie if you're listening I'm so sorry to that to you and she literally texted me when we started this podcast and she was like Hey, um, was it eating intuitively when you forced me to eat those carrots? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was not. No, no it was not. No. So now it's confessed. It's officially confessed. Um, that's pretty funny. And some of the foods that I don't like that I think a lot of people think dietitians should like kale. Don't love kale. Kale, oh, really? kale chips. I like if a kale is shredded in a salad. Yeah, it's so I good. Like it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. It has to be shredded. I don't like leaves of kale. The dinosaur kale isn't bad, but I don't like, or like kale chips. Like everyone got super into like kale chips and kale, blah, blah, blah. I can put it in a smoothie. I don't mind the taste. It's just like eating a kale salad. Nah, not my thing. Same. Uh, The number of kale salads I wish I could take back in my life and order burgers. Ugh, so many. Yeah. Kale's one for me. The other one that, you know, and maybe we can do an entire episode on this 
trend, but celery juice, not for mm, me. Never even tried gross. it. Good. Never Don't do it. It's even so tried gross. It, guys. It's so <laughs> gross. And I just feel like it's one of those foods that are people, like I remember actually being pissed off at the movement when people were all in their celery juice because I needed celery for a recipe and I went there and they were sold out. And I was like, it's because of you dang <laughs> celery juice people that I can't have whatever the recipe was. Yeah. And then when it did come back, it was like $4 and celery is usually like 89 cents because no one wants celery. But because people were buying celery, I'm convinced of a conspiracy theory of all the celery farmers got together and they're like, guys, people hate our product. It's 89 cents. How are we going to charge more? And they're like, I know, I know, I know. We're going to make up this thing about celery juice and we're going to sell it at $4 a bushel. It's going to make so much money. (laughs) We're going to make so much money, you guys. So anyways, but I don't like that. And that, no, not a fan. Yeah. No, I think, um, I think we have the same style. And honestly, guys, at the end of the day, <laughs> Midwestern, eat what you want, eat what, yes. eat what you, foods you enjoy, eat what foods you love, but also pay attention to what feels good for your body. If you find that eating a kale salad every day makes you feel amazing and you love the flavor, go for it. But if you find that, you know, having Cheetos a few times a week also brings you joy and satisfaction, enjoy the Cheetos too. So yes. there's no food yes. that's off limits. We're sorry. This is just an apology of all of the bad things Alyssa and I have said <laughs> over the last eight years with registered dietitians. Uh, you're <laughs> sorry welcome. for everybody we've harmed. <laughs> the episode that no one asked for. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, well, you guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked hanging with us, <laughs> we hang like this twice a month inside the membership live where you guys can come off mute and chat with us and laugh with us. It's a freaking good time. It, I was just talking about this this morning where it was like we had a live call today and getting on, seeing everyone's faces, especially right now mm-hmm. where we're not like in person with a lot of people. It was so cold outside. I didn't want to go anywhere. And we got to like hang out with our members who are freaking so awesome. It was such a good time. So if you're interested in that, you can click below and join the membership. That's just one of the benefits, Mm -hmm. hanging out with us. We Mm -hmm. know that's a huge one, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) so much information in there, support, accountability, your community, really building a community who supports and cheers you on and gives you the information you need while also giving you the support you need to to move forward in this journey. We literally built what we wish we had at the beginning of our journey, and Mm -hmm. we'd love to have you in there. So click in the description box to join. Uh, Doors are open. Yay. See you guys later. We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.